0: You can be seated. It is good to be in God's house. Amen? Amen. Amen. I am looking so forward to being here. I have thought about this service and thought about this service. and I am so glad to be here with you this morning. This is such a beautiful place. We live uh, on the campground for the Southern Missouri District. It's, we're surrounded by a big lake. and It's beautiful to wake up and look at the lake every morning, but I'm telling you, This is beautiful where you live here. It's beautiful. We are so glad to be here and be a part this morning. My wife is not here. I feel at loss without my wife. Last weekend, we celebrated 40 years of being married together, so... uh, So, I desperately miss her. She's the one that keeps me in line, so... But I have felt such an expectancy here this morning. This worship team, you need to give this worship team a hand. They did a tremendous job. I enjoyed the presence of the Lord in this place this morning. And there is such an expectancy here. And I want you to know that expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. And if you need a miracle today, I believe that God wants to give you a miracle in this place today. If you've come here, it doesn't matter what any doctor has said. It doesn't matter what the report might be. I want you to know that God has the last word. God has the last word. And I just believe that God's going to do some miracles in this house this morning. Praise God. I'm speaking a message this morning. And it's entitled, How to Pray when you're in trouble how to pray when you're in trouble now I've I've had to learn that because I'm in trouble a lot so I'm going to be reading from 2nd Chronicles beginning uh, in chapter 20 and verse 1 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 verse 1 and it says in 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 it happened After this, that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria. Verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat, he stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, Are you not God in heaven, and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations, and in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God, who drove out the inhabitants of the land before the people Israel, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever, and they dwell in it, and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name? saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before the temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given to inherit. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children, stood before the Lord then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite, of the son of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great battle. battle For the battle is not yours, but God's. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Father, we're thankful for your power and your grace and your anointing. I pray, Lord, that you would just touch right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm believing in this service today, God, that you're going to do miracles. And the greatest miracle that could happen in this house today is for someone to come forward and say they need Jesus Christ in their life. And I pray, Lord, that you would touch... I pray, Lord, for miracles of healing. I pray, Lord, for miracles of putting back together and delivering and touching those today, Father. And Lord, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Now, as I was preparing for this message and reading about this man, Jehoshaphat, you know, I really got to feeling sorry for him because Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat had tried to do what was right. He was a man that walked according to God's plan and God's will, and he still got in trouble. And what I want you to understand and know is that sometimes even when you're doing the will of God, when you're doing what is right, and even when you're doing the will of God, the fire can get seven times hotter. The fire can get seven times hotter. And this man, Jehoshaphat, he had done all that was right in the sight of God. He was a faithful, he was a righteous king. He was one of the few in the history of Judah. And in spite in spite of Jehoshaphat's obedience and his righteousness before God, he had enemies that come at him from all sides. They came from everywhere everywhere. And understand, church, there might be times when you have felt the same way in your own life, when you had all the old enemies coming at you, and then there was a bunch of new ones coming at you as well. And that's exactly what happened to Jehoshaphat. He had enemies that was coming from everywhere. The old Ammonites, think about it. The old Ammonites were coming from clear across the sea. There was those that was coming from every direction. And from so many different places, they were coming from absolutely everywhere. He had enemies that were surrounding him on all sides and from every direction. Now I want you to point, I want to point out something here to you. When you read verse three, you realize this man Jehoshaphat, other than being a king, he's just like you and I. He's just like you and I. It tells us that Jehoshaphat was afraid he had all these enemies coming at him and they was coming from every direction and he was still afraid a righteous Holy Ghost filled man surrounded by his enemies is afraid now I don't know about you but I can relate to that kind of individual anybody that would have enemies coming from every direction and would say they're not afraid I really don't know how to relate to that I really don't know how to relate to that But what I want you to understand this morning is that the difference between a believer and an unbeliever is very, very clear. I have had those over the years that have come to me and asked me the question, that if you build on the rock and you take the time and the trouble of building on the rock and the storms still come, then why go through all the trouble of building on the rock? and i want to tell you this morning the reason and the answer is very very simple because if you build on the rock church if you build on the rock and the storms come when the storm passes by you who have built on the rock you will still be there hallelujah you will still be there but what i want you to know is even when trouble comes You may still be afraid. You may still get scared. But if you know how to pray, I'm telling you, church, if you know how to pray, you'll still be there when the storm is gone, when the enemy is gone, when the storm passes by, and when the battle concludes, you're still going to be there. And what we have to know and realize is that even when you serve God, there's still going to be those days, there's going to be those times that you're going to get in trouble, that you'll go through the battle. But I want to make it very, very clear that we serve a God. Hallelujah. We serve a God that will see you through every storm. He's going to see you through every trial. Now what I want you to notice is what Jehoshaphat did here. I want you to really get this down in your heart and lies, what Jehoshaphat did. When the trouble came, he called everyone into the house of God for prayer. And he prayed. And he prayed. And he said, oh Lord, God, he says they're everywhere. He said, I don't know what to do. He said, I'm frightened. I'm scared to death. There's nothing that we can do against this group of enemies. But he said, our eyes are upon you. Our eyes are upon you, and I want you to know that right there is the key. In the midst of your storm, in the midst of your trials and troubles, you keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on God. Now, I want you to look together at the prayer of Jehoshaphat because I think it's very, very important for you and I to learn as Jehoshaphat puts in order how we should pray when we're in trouble it's very important and the first thing that jehoshaphat did was he pled divine power he pled divine power he said art thou not the god who's greater than all the enemies you are greater O god than all of our enemies all of our enemies i want to tell you today that i'm thankful that he's greater than all of the enemies that can come against me. He's greater than all those enemies. When you're in trouble, what you have got to do is begin pleading the power of God rather than looking at the problems that surround you and the circumstances that come against you. You see, when you begin studying the, the, the problem, and this is so true, When you begin studying your problem, it it happens to me every time. Every time I get into a situation and I start trying to figure it out on my own and I keep going over and over it, the only thing that happens to that problem is it gets worse and it gets bigger and it will get greater. But I want you to know when you're in trouble, if you begin to get your eyes on the hills from which cometh your help, your help comes from the Lord God Almighty, which makes the heavens and the earth. Your God will get bigger. Hallelujah. And your problem will get smaller. Your God will begin to rise, and your enemies will begin to scatter. For I want you to know that your eyes are upon somebody that's bigger than any problem you're going to face this week, any devil you're going to confront this year, and any demon you're going to face in your lifetime. There is a God in heaven. Church, there's a God in heaven that's bigger than your problem. He's bigger than your problem. There's a God that's bigger than your mountain, and it's time that we got our eyes on Him rather than the circumstances that surround us. It's so easy for any of us and all of us to get our eyes on the spots and wrinkles. You ever notice that? It's easy to get our eyes on the problems, it's easy to. It's easy to get your eyes on the spots and wrinkles in our families. It's easy to get our eyes on the spots and wrinkles in our friends and in the church. And I want you to know when you get your eyes on the spots and wrinkles, it's easy to miss the church glorious. I want to tell you this morning, it's time we got our eyes on God. It's time we got our eyes on Jesus. I want you to know, church, Jesus is coming back so very soon. Jesus is coming back so very soon. There are so many things going on in our world today. I want you to know it's prophecy being filled day after day after day. Jesus is coming back. And I want you to know he's greater than any problem you're going to face. He's greater than any any evil that's going to come your way. You say, I'm confronted with pain and disease. I'm confronted with things that try to drag and pull from every side. I'm asking you this morning, I'm wanting you to get your eyes on him who's greater than any problem you're going to face in your lifetime. That's the good news I'm here to share with you this morning. I came from Springfield, Missouri to let you know that he's greater than any problem you're going to face. Jehoshaphat pled divine power. Secondly, I want you to notice he pled divine precedent. Now that's a legal term that is used in every courtroom in America and probably here in Africa as well. And when a lawyer is trying a case before a judge, the lawyer will go into the law library and what he does is he seeks out cases that parallel the case that he's going to be trying. And he'll come to a point of precedent, which means that back in a previous year, at another time, there was another case that was presented before a judge, and the court ruled that in that case, that was the way the law would be. So the lawyer would say to the judge, we plead divine precedent in this case, and the judge says, bring me the book. Let me see the book. Let me see that book. And the judge, hear me this morning, the judge is bound by what has been written. And I want to tell you today, when we pray, when you and I pray, we need to get the book out. We need to get the word of God out. And we need to begin to plead divine precedent. And say, oh God, you've done it before and you'll do it again. I have news for you, church. The people of God have been in trouble before. they faced the enemy before. But I have some precedent right here in this book. And he has ruled from the supreme court of the universe that he has got all power in heaven and in earth. Hallelujah. And even if the enemy comes, hear me this morning, church. Even if the enemy comes, we serve a God that can split red seas. Hallelujah. He can knock mountains down. He can open prison doors. He can unshackle chains. We have a precedent in this book. There's nothing that you have faced that has not been ruled on upon by the sovereign God. Hallelujah. He's delivered before. Hallelujah. He's delivered before, he's healed before, he's saved before, he's cast out demons before. He's done it all before and we can stand upon the word of God. It doesn't matter what the report might be, it doesn't matter what the doctor has said because we have we serve a God that is able and, and he has the last word. He has the last word. Then thirdly. Thirdly, he pled divine promise. He pled divine promise. The first plea was his power you say God I don't know what in the world I'm going to do but my eyes are upon you and you say I know you're bigger than this but I don't understand I don't understand how you're going to do it I don't understand how you can turn this around your people have been in trouble like this before and you ruled in their favor and then God you promised even if I can't find you in your word, even if it has a new wrinkle, it even, even if there's never been a case like this before, I want you to know that I am one of the children of Abraham. I am a child of promise, and God has promised to carry us through, and, oh, God, our eyes are upon you. And when I think about it, church... When I really think about it, every promise in this book, every promise in the Word of God is yours and I's. It, it's, it's our It's for us. And I want you to know he has not canceled one of those promises yet, and he's not going to. He's not going to. He is still yea and amen to those that believe. Do you believe this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. What we have to do is stand in the court of heaven and we must plead his power. We must plead the president cases and we must plead his promises because we are his children. We are his children. We don't have to fear. All kinds of things are happening all around us, but we don't have to fear. All we have to do is rise up and walk and take our liberty and freedom because God rules and reigns, and we shall be triumphant. Now, I want you to see that Jehoshaphat, he put these three ingredients in his prayer, and when he prayed that way, there came a word from heaven. There came a word from heaven. Now, you might not think there is any Pentecostal people back there then, but I have news for you. There is an old guy in the congregation by the name of Jehaziel. And the Bible tells us, it tells us very plainly that he was full of the Holy Spirit. Jehaziel was full of the Holy Spirit. And when Jehoshaphat stood and prayed in the people, and I want you to notice that he included the children and the young people. He included all of them in that that prayer. And Jehoshaphat cried out. And he pled the power of God. He pled the precedence of God. And he pled the promises of God. And when he did. When he did those three things. The Holy Spirit came on the congregation. And O Jehazio. You know what he did? He stood to his feet. And he cried with a loud voice of triumph, with the flow of the Holy Spirit. And he said, Hear ye all of Judah. Hear ye the word of the Lord from heaven. He said, I have news for you. The battle is no longer yours. It is the Lord's. Hallelujah. It has now become God Almighty. You see, when you pray to God Almighty you and you believe You're able to transfer title to your battle from earth to heaven. You don't have to claim ownership to that thing anymore. You don't have to claim ownership to that battle anymore. It's not yours any longer. The battle belongs to God Almighty. It belongs to God Almighty. I want you to know, church, I think it's time you gave him your battle. I think it's time you gave him your battle. You know why? Because he can do a whole lot more with it than you and I can. He can do a whole lot more with it. You've been struggling. You've been trying to figure it out. Well, you need to give it to God. You need to give it to him. Now understand, because the battle is no longer yours, and it's the Lord's, the Lord's going to do some strange things with it. Did you ever notice that? He's going to do some strange things with it. He has the strangest strategies, the strangest strategies. So often we give the battle, now you need to really hear me on this, so often we give the battle to the Lord, but when God reveals the strategy, we begin to cough and we begin to back up. God begins to tell us how, how to do this. He begins to tell us and explain to us. And we begin to cough and we begin to back up. When you give the battle to the Lord, all you're supposed to do is stand by for orders. When we pray and give it to God, God says, all right, I'm going to take charge. He says, I'm going to take charge. And now this is oftentimes where the difficult part comes into play. And we have to understand something here. There might be times that God would say he's going to take charge, but he wants you to be part of that miracle. He wants you to be part of that miracle. You're praying. Hear me this morning. You're praying for your neighborhood to be saved. You're praying for this entire neighborhood to be saved. And God says, all right, I'm going to make that neighborhood mine, but I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. He might say, I'm going to heal somebody, I'm going to use you. I'm going to, and that's not easy. It's not easy. I'm going to use you. You see, most of prayer is obedience, it's not petition, it's obedience. A lot of people just want to turn it over to God and walk away and say it's His. But what you need to understand is He puts you in the battle. Because he wants, you to, he wants to use you in the battle. He puts you in the battle because he wants to use you in the battle. And what he is showing us and telling us is that I want to bring my glory to bear upon your life so that men and women will know that out of the weakness of the flesh, the glory of God is manifested. The battle is his, but he might commission you to fight that battle. He might commission you to fight. God told Jehoshaphat, He said, I have a strategy. He says, I have a strategy. And God begins to share that strategy with Jehoshaphat. And He told Jehoshaphat, He said, now, what I want you to do, hear me. What I want you to do is train the choir. I love this story. I love this story. Now, when Jehoshaphat heard God's plan, he said, Lord, he said, Lord, I don't think you heard me right. Run that by me again. And the Lord said, train the choir. He said, train the choir. Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we now understand, Lord, we have all these regiments and armies coming against us. And your answer for our problem is for us to learn a new song. Now, that's what you want us to do. And this Lord said, I want to remind you of something. My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The Lord said, Here's what I want you to do I want you to put the Marines in the back, and I want the choir to go out in that first wave. He said, I want them not to just be a choir. I want them to be warriors of praise. I want them to sing unto the Lord a brand new song. And Jehoshaphat said, now, Lord, what is the song that is so powerful? He said, I want you to sing, may the Lord's name be praised, and his mercy endureth forever. May the Lord's name be praised, and His mercy endureth forever. That's the song I want you to sing. The Lord lives, and His mercy endures forever. And the Bible tells us they put the choir out in front of the army, and they began to sing the praises to God. And I want to tell you when they did that, when they did exactly, when they did exactly what God asked them to do, that army that was coming against them, you know what? They didn't have a defense against a Holy Ghost-filled worship team. Hallelujah. And the enemy began to get confused. They got confused. The Bible says that they began to destroy themselves. They turned against each other, and they began to destroy themselves. I want to tell you today, hear me, that it's not by might nor by power But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. I came by to tell you that the answer for the church is not in all the statistics, nor is it in those that go around trying to figure out all the church growth policies. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, those things, but what I'm telling you is all the brains, all the brains and all the logic is not going to destroy the powers of darkness. It's not going to do it. But when you get a church on fire, when you get a church on fire like this church right here, when you get a church on fire and praising God and worshiping God, all the powers of darkness has to leave. It has to leave. Hallelujah. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, I'm praying for a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God. I'm praying, God, for miracles in this place today. I'm praying, God, for healings in this place today. Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I pray, God, that you would speak to them. Convicting power would speak to them in the name of Jesus.